Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Thank you very much for coming out uh, this afternoon. We're delighted to be uh, joined by you and delighted to be joined by our um, esteemed, inspiring, courageous guests that are going to be um, sharing their stories, their experiences with us today. I would like to um, welcome to the stage uh, Consul General Dmitry Kushnarak, who is Consul General here in San Francisco, to welcome you, open our uh, show today. Uh, thank you so much. I would like to say just a few, uh, few introductory remarks. So first of all, thanks uh, to Commonwealth Club for hosting this uh, great event. Um, today is 700 days uh, since the um, beginning of Russian full-scale invasion uh, to Ukraine. And uh, the war is going on, and um, the war is happening every day. And just uh, yesterday, uh, Russia committed another missile attack on Ukraine and killed uh, 18 people and destroyed um, and damaged uh, dozens, dozens of buildings in Kiev and uh, in Kharkiv. And uh, Russia continues to destroy our cities. Uh, about 170,000 buildings have been damaged or destroyed, including also hospitals, bridges, I mean, even kilometers and thousand kilometers of roads. Um, Ukraine keeps fighting, but our country is in critical need of help from our friends and partners, uh, for them arms, ammunition, of course, finance, but also the huge need for a recovery and fast recovery. And our delegation from uh, Ukraine will talk a lot about it with you. But at the same time, we should think about not just recovery, but reimagining, um, rebuilding Ukraine. And we believe that the if the best minds of the world, and uh, we believe the best minds of the world are here in, in, in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, in California, if they think about that in the, using the experience from the countries during um, of the past uh, recovery, uh, that would be huge, huge advantage for, for Ukraine. And uh, so we'd like to say huge thanks to Center for Innovation and uh, personally to Marjo Driscoll for bringing this delegation here, for hosting this group, or actually for coming to Ukraine before, um, and her colleagues as well. And uh, now we believe that this will make a huge push to, uh, to help make this process of recovery in Ukraine a successful one. And um, we understand the importance of it and to start this conversation and exchange of experience about it as soon as possible, because definitely Ukraine needs uh, a vision of that as well. Because we believe that rebuilt, reimagined Ukraine should become a member of NATO, should become a member of European Union. And uh, we know that this is a historic change, chance for Ukraine to really get out of Russian influence and not just Ukraine, but the whole region as well. And uh, by the way, just where some important steps have been done here in the United States just recently. We believe that yesterday the Senate Committee of the United States in Washington, D.C. finally voted to, to approve the legislation that would allow to seize Russian assets and use them for, for Ukraine recovery. So it's still not the full Senate vote, but still it's a necessary step. And as well, the same step was done in the House of Representatives Committee. So although the uh, frozen Russian assets are not only in the United States and are mostly probably in Europe, but this will be uh, hopefully the first 
the first time when the United States will be definitely seizing the uh, assets of the country with which it is not into the indirect uh, indirect war. However, we all know that Russia thinks that uh, making a war in Ukraine is already is in the war with uh, uh, with the United States. So looking forward to this wonderful discussion and uh, panel today. And thanks again for, for your job. Slava Ukraini. So hi, uh, my name is Margie O'Driscoll. I'm the director of the Center for Innovation here in San Francisco. Um, two years ago, I, don't, I can honestly say I had never been to Ukraine, nor did I know anyone from the Ukraine. As with all you Americans in the audience, we all watched in horror almost two years ago as the invasion happened. It was unspeakable. It was unimaginable. And we were all torn apart by watching this. And um, the Center for Innovation, which is an organization focused on innovation in the design and construction industry, we found that our board kept talking about what was going on in Ukraine and how might we help. And so these are people who are um, builders and architects and technologists. And we kept being struck with this idea of how might we help. We're a very small organization, and we thought, what can we do against the forces of Russia um, to help protect and serve the people of Ukraine? Uh, one of our board members had this idea. He said, well, why don't we ask people in Ukraine what it's like to live in war but also have to build, rebuild critical infrastructure during the war, bridges, things that needed to be rebuilt. So we started trying to find people in Ukraine who might be willing to talk to us. And so we did a we did a webinar with people who were literally in a bomb shelter talking to us while missiles were uh, flying above them about what it was like to work in war. And it was incredibly moving. And at the end of the webinar, I asked, what more can we do here with our incredible resources in the design and construction and technology industry? And they said, we'll tell you one thing. We, um, we need to rebuild this country, and we'll have to do a lot of rebuilding going forward. And we only know how to build how Russians taught us to build. And let's be very clear, we don't want that um, as we think about rebuilding. So we want to learn another way. So uh, I thought, wow, that's a pretty big ask of those of us very far away in a war zone. Um, and how, how could we actually manifest this? How could, we, how could we fulfill this desire, which really resonated with everyone in our organization? So um, we started working with a, a, an emerging NGO in Ukraine called Dobrobot, and you're, you're going to hear more about them. Uh, they do emergency repairs to hospitals, homes, and schools due to Russian shelling. Um, and it's a volunteer corps of over 50,000 volunteers in the country who will literally come and repair windows and schools in places which, which are hit by shells and bombs. We were so moved at their work that we started talking to them and said, you know, how might we help you? And they said, we, we think this idea of bringing people from Ukraine here to the, to the Bay Area could be really amazing for us to learn another way to design and build as we hold these ideas of emergency repairs, which are required, but also because of the extensive damage which has happened there, how might we rebuild our whole nation in a different way? That, that's a big ask of a very small organization. <laughs> I'll just tell you, when we started this journey as a small organization saying, well, certainly there are other people thinking about this, and we developed great partnerships with the U.S. State Department and other U.S. government agencies, but we kept looking around for other NGOs who were stepping forward in a really holistic way, and we discovered we were 
kind of the only people in, engaged in this sort of way of thinking. So um, we continued to talk with Dobrovat. We started this idea about, okay, what if we brought people here from Ukraine? And Dobrovat, in the course of those conversations, uh, Dobrovat said, well, uh, you know what? We actually think you need to come to Kiev first to see how we actually build. Um, so let me tell you, that's not my world. Uh, that's not what I do. Um, I was terrified of being the person who goes to a foreign country that needs to be rescued by my government. Um, I, I had no, I had no desire to go in the midst of a war and be more trouble and more problem for a nation under war. But, um, I, one thing that you will hear from all the people here is they are, they're very persistent. And they kept saying, you can come. And the U.S. State Department said, it's okay. Here's our guidelines. Here's what you should do. So we think you should go to Kiev. And we had the honor, and I say deep honor, uh, to go to Kiev and work with the people that you're meeting now in the first sort of internal conference in Kiev with Ukrainians talking to Ukrainians about the problems of rebuilding. It was feisty. It was great. Uh, it was democracy in action. It was people really talking about the hard issues, about the long-range thinking of rebuilding the country. And at that conference, we announced that we were going to bring 10 people. Um, uh, what originally started with the idea of 12, but 10 people uh, here to the San Francisco Bay Area to learn what we call advanced means and methods of construction. So uh, for those of you not in the design and construction industry, what that means is we wanted to show them uh, computer modeling of buildings. We wanted to show them a lot about sustainability, which we obviously care about. We wanted to show our messy community process that's involved in creating buildings um, of all sizes all throughout California and all throughout the United States. We wanted to show them the good and the bad, saying, don't do this. But here are some other ideas. We are offering these ideas to the Ukrainian people. We have no expectations, no requirements that these courageous people do anything more than listen to the ideas that we're putting forward and adapt them and think about them in the way that makes best sense for the people of this nation as they go forward. You will hear that that construction is now continuing um, in, in the war. I mean, it's so it, people are rebuilding um, and then damage continues to happen too. So the people of Ukraine for two years have been holding both this idea of fixing what we have now, defending what we have, as, as well as a long range thinking, which is a lot to hold in your heart. And I have to say, it's been really my honor to get to work with all the people that you're going to meet today. They've spent five six very busy days, really almost 10 hours a day, seeing the best that we think the Bay Area has to offer. So I, one question I have for all of them is, how's it all going? Um, <laughs> what are you seeing and what, what stays and what resonates for you? But uh, more about that in a minute. I want to do a very, very quick overview um, with the slides of um, the situation uh, in Ukraine now. I think that this audience is incredibly uh, wise, but in some ways it's easier for me to talk about some of these issues than some of the people that you have already heard. Uh, for those of you who have not been to Ukraine, it's a really big country. Uh, it's about one and a half size, times the size of California. If you think about California on its side, um, that's sort of the shape of, of Ukraine. Um, we have people here today who are going to be speaking from Kharkiv, right on the active front. Um, you'll also be hearing from people from Kiev in the heart of the country. Uh, the war has had a staggering, staggering impact on the, pe on the people of this nation. Uh, the total number of Ukrainian and Russian trips killed or wounded since the war began is over half a million people, according to the New York Times. Over 30,000 civilian Ukrainians have been killed. According to the United Nations, over 10 million people have been displaced um, or are seeking refuge in other countries. 
Today, Ukraine has a population of 34 million people. Um, this is a steep decline from just two years ago where the population was 44 million. So a quarter of the population is now in, displaced or out of the country. And it's a very deep concern of the Ukrainian people that people won't be able to return home. And it is abundantly clear that people will not return home if they don't have a house and a school for their kids and a place to work. Um, could we have the next slide, please? Thank you. Nearly uh, 1.5 million homes have been destroyed in the war, with direct damage in buildings to buildings and infrastructure exceeding billions of dollars. Can we see the next photo, please? Uh, this is the scale of a building there, a multi-story, what we call a multi-story building here. Um, can we see the next photo, uh, please? Uh, this is uh, a photo of Erpine University. This is a member of our dele delegation from uh, Erpine University. It's uh, located in Erpine, which is about five miles away from uh, the city of Kiev. It's just a little bit north. You may remember when um, we were uh, watching what was going on in Ukraine. There was a large convoy coming from the north, from Belarus, that you saw on the map, and they were stopped five miles from Kiev. Um, we met the mayor of uh, Erpin when we were um, in uh, Ukraine, and he's the mayor who ordered the blowing up of the bridge which connected Erpin to Kiev and stopped the Russian troops. In complete retaliation, the Russian troops turned around and flattened his city. So if you can imagine the mayor of Mill Valley ordering the destruction of the Golden Gate Bridge and the destruction which the Russians wrought as they came back out again. This was part of that destruction, um, and this was a destruction of a, a school of public finance uh, in um, the city of Erpine. You'll hear a little bit more about that. Um, in addition, um, over 1,700 medical facilities have been damaged or destroyed, um, and the scale of devastation is, is just so immense that it's hard to imagine um, planning ahead. But there are these, these, the people of Ukraine that I've met are, are so courageous they are, again, holding this thought about rebuilding during war. Um, so uh, holding both of those very different thoughts. Um, President Zelensky has told them that they must do this. You must defend, protect, <laughs> rebuild what you need to for today, as well as in the future, um, to make a better plan for, for how you are rebuilding. It's also a great opportunity for the whole world, and I think that that's what captured the imagination of the board of directors of the Center for Innovation was we're about innovation and changing the way that we design and build. There is an opportunity for the Ukrainian people to think so differently and really innovate with the best of technologies and building science around the world. And so we are hoping to share at least what our offering is here in the Bay Area to all of them. It is unfortunate to say, but many countries in the world are, are going to be facing a deep need for reconstruction. So we are hoping that the Ukrainian people will in time share their lessons about reconstruction with people around the world who will be facing similar challenges for multiple reasons. Okay, now I would like to introduce you to the founder of Doberbot, Rostislav Smirnov, um, as well as Andrei Lachnikov. Um, I think you can see the impact that Doberbot has had and the work that they're doing. Um, and they're going to tell you a little bit more about their organization. First of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your support, all of them, because it's very important and crucial in this time for our country. Thank you. 
Uh, okay, uh, I want to say about uh, Dobrobat. Dobrobat. I'm co-founder of Dobrobat. Dobrobat is a very big uh, volunteers project in our country. Approximately 50,000 volunteers in our organization. There are seven points, uh, seven regions in our, in our organization. And uh, our main aim, uh, we can help people for people who suffered from this war. Uh, and uh, our task is uh, we can help with roofs, windows, uh, walls, and another. Uh, our KPI is uh, before in this building, uh, it's impossible to live in. But after us, we can impossible. And uh, I want to say that uh, it's our ambassadors. Uh, they support us and uh, the very famous people in our country and they always talk about our project and uh, uh, because in our country this project is very popular and many people every day join to us and help for people uh, in this territory. Thank you. And uh, as Rostislav already said, uh, support is, is really important and that's, that is also why we are here. Uh, so these people support us and we're here also for support. Uh, I will briefly share my story. My name is Andriy Lakshtanov. I'm in a regular life, a marketing director of Hilti Ukraine. This is a company that deals in construction. I have uh, a little bit more than 15 years of uh, experience in construction industry. So this is my passion. And since almost the very beginning of uh, the war, the Brabat was created, the full-scale war, and, and we as Hilti started to help Dobrobat, and I joined Dobrobat as well. And as you saw, uh, and Rostislav told, we are quite big already, yeah? So it's about 50,000 volunteers operating in seven different regions. Uh, what are we thinking additionally is uh, more strategical questions. So my responsibility is cooperation in the international cooperation in the construction industry. So I'm also happy to be here and I'm happy this event is happening and I'm happy uh, and very thankful to CFI for hosting us. As, as you heard from Margie, this is um, a sequence of certain steps and the strategy we discussed and, and in the process of implementation. Uh, as you heard from Margie, the group of like-minded people from various spheres came to San Francisco with, let's say, aligned idea and, 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 and common goal. We would like to uh, build back better, or what we call, even during our trip, we discussed this slogan, and, and now uh, it's kind of a controversial, build forward, yeah? So maybe it's a little bit even better, uh, build forward. So using the platform of Dobrobat, we think not only about the fast recovery, we think about the future full restoration of Ukraine. If the war ends tomorrow, are we ready for it? I would say no. And uh, this is an additional topic why we are here, to learn from you, to gain new means, methods, experience, technologies, and techniques in order to be prepared for the full-scale restoration. And we hope it comes very soon. And... Uh, and additional, additional things regarding to our plan, uh, to our plans I just shared is uh, the topic of the refugees. And I'm, I'm, I'm 
On every event, uh, I have a conversation with every person. I try also to, to explain it additionally. It's very important for Ukraine. On my personal perception, it is the second most important topic after, after the war, the death, and, 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 and all the destruction that happens. We have many millions of displaced people, both internally and externally. And the goal of Dobrobat is also to keep them home. So in order to survive, sometimes it's needed to replace the roof and the windows. In order to school year start for the 1st of September, you don't need half a year or a year to wait until the central government would do it. Volunteer organizations such as Dobrobat comes and helps. Um, that's basically it from, from our side from PROM. I think we are a little bit good. Uh, so here are our photos. As you can see, Rostislav, me, we are here. Viktor Andrusiv, he is in armed forces of Ukraine. He is co-founder of Dobrobat. And uh, Dmitro Ivanov is also a member of our delegation, uh, but now he's on a different event. So we kind of split our resources a little bit because Margie and CFI prepared a lot of interesting things for us. And we're really very positively overwhelmed with this. So with that, thank you for having us. Thank you, World of Affairs. Thank you, CFI, once again. And we're looking forward to, to have a discussion with you. Thank you. Um, we met Mayor McQuishan when I was in uh, the Kiev region uh, last July for the conference. Um, and he was supposed to come on this trip, um, but he hurt his leg. And so you saw him in one of the opening scenes holding, uh, holding a cane. So this is him being with us in his own, in his own way. He's so disappointed, I can't even tell you, uh, not to be here in, in San Francisco. So... Um, our Ukrainian delegation has many things to share with him when they get back. Um, the next part of our program um, is actually to hear, hear from voices from Ukraine. Um, so when the Center for Innovation was thinking about this trip, you know, it would have been fairly easy for us to reach out to construction firms and say, send us your best and your brightest. But thinking about only one industry would have meant that we were only talking uh, to part of the sector that will need to be rebuilding Ukraine. So we thought about creating what we call a community of practice. And the idea behind that was we would bring government leaders. We would be uh, bringing people who care about culture and memory, um, who do preservation work. Uh, we would bring uh, people who are builders and who are architects, but from different sectors um, that would be necessary to work together uh, to, bring, uh, to bring Ukraine back and to rebuild. So we had an open application process. People applied. They had multiple interviews, um, and we selected uh, 10 people um, to come here, and you're going to hear from just a small number of them today. So um, I would like to uh, invite to the stage each of the following people. So come up, and you'll take a seat. Um, the first is uh, Konstantin Demenkov. Um, Konstantin comes from Kharkiv, um, so that city way on the border, um, and he'll tell you what it's like to be really in the heart of the war for the last uh, two years. Uh, Vladimir Kredenko, um, our esteemed member of parliament, who's come from Kiev. We have uh, Dorina Nadzelka, um, who has come to us from the UNESCO desk. Um, and she's an expert in historic preservation, cultural memory, and history, which we think is as important as actually the physical infrastructure. Um, Andrei will come back, Andrei Lakshinov, uh, from Dobrobat, and he can um, speak from a technical Hilti perspective about the technical aspects of uh, rebuilding the physical infrastructure, as well as Dobrobat. 
Um, and finally, but most definitely not least, is our moderator, Ashley Archie, um, who's a partnership officer at the U.S. State Department, um, an amazing partner. We would, um, I was, I will just say that um, when uh, we started planning this trip, I'm, I'm not a protocol officer. I've never done anything like this before. Um, Ashley and her and her colleagues here, who are here from the State Department were enormous partners for us. We would have never been able to pull off something as complicated as getting these people here without the real support of Ashley and, and her colleagues. So we're very grateful. Um, so Ashley's got some great questions for the group, I think. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much, Margie, for that kind introduction. She's always uh, exaggerating on our part and our role that we did to get um, these amazing people here. But uh, I'm so honored to be here with you all today, moderating this panel with these extraordinary, extraordinary people. Uh, As Margie said, my name is Ashley Archie. Uh, I am a partnerships officer at the Office of Global Partnerships, uh, and I lead uh, Ukraine uh, economic uh, recovery for my office. And so what my office does is that we look to advance the Department of State's uh, top foreign policy priorities through private sector engagement and public-private partnerships. Uh, We're so proud to be a partner with the Center for Innovation uh, as a part of this uh, study trip and uh, the work that they're doing right now and the work that they will continue to do uh, as we look forward and look ahead uh, to support Ukraine. Um, I'd like to start off, I know Margie uh, very briefly introduced everybody, but I wanted to give our panelists the opportunity to uh, introduce themselves in their own words, uh, just talk a little bit about what they're currently doing and any roles that you would like to highlight. So, uh, Constantine, let me start with you. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, uh, let me bring the words of gratitude for for this opportunity to come here and to, um, to speak with you, to uh, explain what the life in Ukraine is. So, as you may know already, my name is Konstantin Demenkov. I'm working for the city administration and in charge for the international cooperation in general. I will give you just a brief context what the Kharkiv is. Yeah. Uh, before the war, this is, was the two million people city, modern city with, uh, I don't know, everything what actually people need. Almost, I believe so. Yeah, and uh, this is uh, the second largest city with only uh, around 18 miles to the border with Russia. Uh, so we are really close to them. And this is one of the most suffered uh, cities from the war, actually. And I think with the conversation, I will describe you a bit more. Thank you. Andrew. Hi, everyone again. I kind of had a chance already to shortly, shortly introduce myself. Um, maybe I can elaborate a little bit more on, on, on uh, the topic of uh, recovery and what we are struggling and having in our mindset. Uh, so being in this fast recovery process uh, puts us in one position, but speak about the proper recovery and we are here today hopefully we'll speak about let's say the 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 long-term strategy views and recoveries is is another topic and uh, it's quite complicated to have that discussion while the war is ongoing so uh, i want to thank you for having this discussion with us Um, and and uh, it's very important for us um, and we're receiving a lot of 
beautiful insights and knowledge here. So maybe during the discussion, I will share a bit more and Ashley will help me to do that. Fantastic. Uh, Darina. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, I'm really excited to be part of this uh, team of this group and, and be here today. And I would like to join all the thanks uh, to Margie and to the Center for Innovation and to all the people involved uh, um, to make this visit uh, happen. And I'm uh, from Kyiv. Uh, I stayed uh, in the city from the first uh, days of the war, and I'm still uh, live and work there. Uh, I initially I uh, worked in the uh, on the World Heritage site, Kyiv Pictures Klavra. It's a very big uh, religious and cultural uh, site in Kyiv. Uh, so I am um, in cultural heritage uh, now for most, uh, more than uh, 12 years. And uh, um, since the end of the last year, I joined uh, the team of the UNESCO Kyiv Desk in Kyiv, uh, which was opened uh, from the, begin uh, the first days uh, of the war. Uh, and uh, our aim uh, now uh, that uh, culture uh, should be like a, a driver, also a push, and a, a core of the, all the reconstruction and recovery programs. Because uh, when we talk about the recovery uh, of the city, of uh, town, uh, it should be uh, perceived like a cultural uh, construct. And uh, not only uh, physical uh, fabric should be preserved, uh, but also the intangible heritage, the uh, cultural life, cultural values, uh, meaning, uh, senses of people, co uh, collective memory, all the, these uh, important things should be taken into account uh, when we plan for the reconstruction. Vladimir. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, it's a big pleasure to see you, to, to be uh, here and uh, to have opportunity to talk with American people. From the beginning, I want to say a big thanks and, uh, for your support. Uh, really, uh, your support helped us to fight against Russia every day, to protect our people and uh, to make a renovation and uh, to give people uh, hope hope for uh, our victory, hope for a better life after uh, when, when we win. Uh, of course, uh, uh, I'm a member of Ukrainian parliament and um, uh, I work uh, like a deputy chairman on uh, Committee of Transport and Infrastructure. And of course, all these uh, things, all these destroyed uh, roads, bridge, bridges, uh, uh, houses, it's uh, uh, about my work, uh, to renovate it, to, to, to give people opportunity to come uh, home uh, with roof, with window, windows, with uh, doors, etc., etc. Of course, uh, Ukraine uh, every day faces uh, a lot of uh, challenges. 
uh, it's uh, uh, all the time we need to fight and protect our uh, borders, our territory. Uh, all the day, our soldiers are very uh, heroic. I don't know, maybe it's in English, like a hero, uh, hero. fights fights for, uh, uh, with Russia. And Russia has uh, more uh, opportunity to with uh, their weapons, uh, hard weapons. Uh, uh, unfortunately, we don't have uh, such a lot uh, weapons and uh, such a lot of possibilities like Russia, because Russia is a huge, huge country with uh, big potential. Uh, but uh, we have will, we, we are brave, and we are not afraid to stay for uh, democracy stay for all uh, European people who uh, feel freedom, who uh, want to be to uh, decide uh, how they want to live. Uh, yeah, uh, of course, we faced economic problem because uh, Russian all the every day uh, we have a signal uh, that uh, rocket. Uh, destroyed our factories, our plants, uh, uh, the place where our regular people, our Ukrainian people can work and earn money. So it's uh, all the days uh, challenge uh, to find uh, the solution where uh, we can uh, remove people, uh, where they can stay with uh, normal uh, conditions. And, uh, of course, uh, our government, our uh, non-profit organization very help with this. And uh, uh, it's, it's uh, for, for us uh, big, big, big uh, and challenges and big opportunity, big opportunity to, to realize uh, uh, and to build uh, or renovate uh, buildings in a more uh, progressive way, modern ways. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, for us, uh, every day we, uh, we see the problem uh, with um, uh, coming back, uh, taking uh, people from the abroad to our country, because uh, a lot of children, a lot of uh, women uh, leave our country because of uh, security. We, we cannot uh, guarantee security, <coughs> even, even on, on the uh, uh, east West west part of Ukraine, uh, because uh, rocket can uh, bomb in any place, in any time, and uh, uh, no guarantee, uh, not not for whom. Uh, that that is a, a big challenge for us, and uh, for us very important. Uh, uh, you like uh, people, like uh, people of America. Uh, support, uh, continue uh, this uh, supporting uh, our country by weapons, by uh, special equipment, which can uh, help us to uh, destroy the rocket uh, in air. Sorry for my English. I say, from, <laughs> as, as I know, I, I, uh, maybe I, I don't have a perfect English, but of course, uh, for us, it's very important. And uh, we all uh, very wait for a uh, decision uh, from your uh, Congress, uh, from two uh, pallets of uh, Congress, from Republican Party, from Democratic Party, uh, that they make decision and uh, uh, give us opportunity to, to continue uh, fighting with Russia by uh, your um, support, uh, financial support, uh, weapons support, etc., etc. Of course, uh, I'm sure that we win, 
together and all democratic uh, uh, world win uh, autocratic uh, country, uh, this evil country who wants uh, uh, to, to kill Ukrainians, uh, to kill a democratic country and uh, to kill all of us. Uh, so I believe in our army, I believe in our partnership, I believe in our president, I believe in uh, all Ukrainian uh, people that we can stand and we, uh, of course, win. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's fantastic. Thank you all. Um, so February 24th will mark the two years. Uh, I don't know if anniversary would be the right word, but it'll be two years since the full-scale invasion started. Um, and you saw from the video from the mayor, Pine, uh kind of what life was like before, what it is now, and the hopes and the possibilities of what can happen in the future. Um, if you haven't already, the Center for Innovation has actually all of the uh, the delegation, all the members, they have done a very similar video and it's posted on their website. So I encourage everyone to go on their website, take a look and hear from these incredible stories from all of the members of our delegation. But because we have four sitting right here with us, I would love to hear from each one of you uh, what life was like before the invasion happened and what was your feelings, what were you going through in those very early months? Um, so Andre, how about we start with you? Thank you. Uh, I can name a single aspect of my life that hasn't changed uh, since the full-scale invasion. I would say that uh, my life, well, now I can say it like that. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say it back then, but now I can say it like that, that back then my life was close to ideal. I had a family, I had a uh, my love job, I had a development uh, opportunities and career path. I had a lot of activities and traveling. I'm, my, my main hobby is related to sports. I'm in the sports for, for, since childhood. And then now I, I, I'm in a triathlon. Who knows that it's a discipline starting from swimming, then biking, and then running. And there is a special event. Uh, it's called Ironman. It's a long distance triathlon. That's what I do last six, seven years. So I've completed uh, a couple of them. And then uh, the sad story I say, uh, I, I tell uh, when I, when I uh, remember in this, uh, 2021, I had an Ironman in Barcelona. It was November. So I traveled there with my wife. We like to combine all this. Uh, sports and hobbies activities. So we we had a uh, event there, and then we spent a beautiful ten days as a typical vacation. Um, and after that, winter started. I hanged my bike on the wall, and it's still there because the seasonality. January, February, the war has started. Luckily, and and and. Hopefully, it will continue. The, the, the international business and, and my company supports Ukraine, supports us. That's that's why we we, we uh, feel more or less okay regarding that. But speaking regarding the construction industry, the market size and the opportunity shrinks three times. So we we face the the sixty five percent drop, and uh, you can imagine then uh, that it's it's complicated. Family-wise, it's the same. 
We had moved a, a, a little bit around to the western part. My brother with, with my nephews moved the abroad, then they come back. So literally, I cannot name a single aspect that hasn't changed. Now my, now my life is, is different. You heard some part of the story uh, as a part of volunteer movement that as a second job or the second life, me as most of the Ukrainians started to, to do with the, with the full-scale invasion. Yeah, Andrea. Me? Well, Dimit, well, well, no, sure. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. You second time see on me and say constantly, you know, Andre, <laughs> that's why I, I don't understand that it's me. Okay. Uh, before the uh, full scale uh, invention in Ukraine, I live regular life. I plan, uh, like, I was elected every already elected like a, a member of parliament and we plan uh, to realize a lot of reforms. Uh, I was responsible for infrastructure reforms and uh, uh, we start to uh, realize uh, a lot of infrastructure projects. So we uh, reconstruct uh, a lot of roads. We uh, make all uh, like EU, uh, to, to EU standards. And uh, with president, with uh, uh, our Ukrainian people, we uh, did a lot before the uh, before this uh, 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 full-scale invention uh, in in Ukraine from R Russian soldiers. Uh, uh, we, we live for regular life. Uh, we plan our future. We try to develop our country and uh, to uh, to dream to become a full member of EU. And uh, it, it was our plan for five years, uh, and uh, uh, people really believe us that it can uh, come. Uh, all people uh, tired uh, of uh, Soviet Union standards, of people tired of uh, like uh, Russian influence, and uh, we all uh, dream to live freedom and uh, to live in. Uh, European country uh, with European uh, standard of life. Uh, after uh, the day when uh, this uh, full uh, full uh, invention start started, uh, we we all 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 our people uh, become volunteers, volunteers uh, who help our army, uh, who help to evacuate. Uh, uh, people, civil people, uh, pension people, uh, children, women from uh, the territory which was actively bombed. Uh, and uh, our soldiers, uh, all, all of us, uh, play a very active role. And uh, still we uh, help uh, a lot, like volunteers, uh, uh, to NGOs, uh, to different NGOs, to, to uh, renovate uh, our uh, buildings, uh, which was destroyed by Russia uh, aggression. Uh, we help to find a uh, uh, place where people can work uh, if they lose a work uh, or uh, live on occupied territory and move from this territory. Uh, I forgot to say that I am from Melitopol. Melitopol is uh, uh, the Parisia region. It's uh, very close to Crimea. It's called the uh, gate to Crimea and uh, uh, for it, it uh, have been occupied for almost uh, two years. My city occupied uh, almost uh, two, two years. Uh, 
biggest part of citizens of this city moved to Zaporizhia to not occupy free uh, city, uh, big city, and uh, now they are like refugees, if I'm not mistaken how it's called, it's refugees, uh, but it's in, inside of our country. A lot of people uh, went to uh, Ogan uh, for, to e EU and uh, try to start a new life uh, in out out of the our country uh, and uh, i i can say that uh, now uh, our goal the main goal for us for ukrainian people is to kick out russian from our territory to to kick uh, them out and uh, to start renovation, rebuilding, and uh, to start normal life, safety life. Everyone, uh, no one, I think, uh, dream about uh, to be millionaire or richest. All, uh, all dream about safety sky. I don't know if I write, say, uh, like without bombs, uh, uh, safety environment, without means, minus, minus, and uh, uh, we can uh, do it all only if we will be together, together all Ukrainian people, together all uh, civilization uh, world, uh, world who fight for democracy, who uh, provide human rights and uh, democracy. And uh, uh, I think uh, we can do it. Uh, we are ready to, to fight. We are ready to stand for democracy, stand uh, to uh, free our territory. Uh, many uh, territory which was occupied uh, by Russia. It uh, means like uh, Kiev region, Kharkiv region, Kherson was uh, uh, free uh, by our soldier, by our uh, heroes uh, uh, who fight with Russia and uh, we kick them uh, out from this territory. Sumska, Suma, Suma region, they also try to occupy our territory and uh, we uh, can kick them out from that territory. Uh, so the biggest part, the territory uh, which was occupied, we free, we make free. Uh, and the people come back on this territory. Our people come back uh, on this territory and they believe in our president, they believe in our army, and they believe in foreign partners. Uh, but uh, still we need more weapons, we still um, need more support, economical support for, uh, for our soldiers, for our people. Because without this, it's very uh, difficult to, to, to fight with Russian. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, uh, but but of course, of course, we also uh, uh, sorry no. for for uh, taking a lot of time, uh, but uh, of course, uh, in this time when we fight with Russian, we try to realize a lot of reforms. Uh, we do a lot for uh, getting standards, uh, EU standards in our legis legislation. Uh, we do a lot with fighting with uh, corruption. Uh, we uh, do every anti-corruption uh, infrastructure which uh, want to see United States, which want to see uh, EU partners, uh, uh, and we uh, try to be more transparently as we can. Uh, uh, of course, we uh, try to realize uh, other economical uh, 
reforms which help us to uh, replace our plants, replace our uh, equipment uh, to more safety territory uh, uh, of Ukraine and to try to start uh, like work on, on this uh, factory, on these plants uh, for, for, for people. Uh, it's like opportunity to, to get jobs, to pay taxes, etc., etc. Now for all our, our budget, I think, uh, almost uh, 100% we give we give uh, we give uh, to uh, to our soldier to our army to 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 buy all ammunition to buy uh, all things which they need but of course it's not enough because all the time uh, we need more and more and uh, Russia if we stay on on one place and not moved not free our territory uh, the Russian try to to have uh, to build more protection infrastructure and uh, after that, for us, it's more difficult to free our territory. Uh, so, uh, once again, I very uh, ask you to press your government, to press politicians, which you know, to the, to to solve the problem with supporting Ukraine. We we really need it, not for. Uh, uh, not not just for for war we need uh, this uh, support we we uh, it's support need for our survival yes survival mm -hmm. uh, word right word uh, for for our survival survival of our uh, people for our children my my for example my family in, in kiev uh, were all the time and i have a child one year and three months child uh, my son his uh, his name is david and uh, he's in ukraine and I'm very worried about them. Thank you. Oh. Um, I'm not sure if you all are aware when you're talking to your families. I know when I'm talking to mine and I'm talking about Ukraine and the resiliency of the people and letting them know that everyone is rebuilding now. There are buildings that have been destroyed, yes, but the people, they're coming together, the organizations, the international community is in support of Ukraine and in the reconstruction of, of the country. Um, and so I, they're always surprised when I say these things. And so I want to hear from our, our panelists. Um, why is it so important that right now uh, everybody is in support of, of rebuilding and, and supporting Ukraine? So... Um, uh, Darina, I want to start with you because you're coming from a very unique perspective of also tying in the cultural uh, preservation. So I'll start with you. Uh, thank you, Ashley. Um, it's, uh, um, I would like maybe to give you a brief uh, overview of the project that UNESCO is now doing in Ukraine. Uh, UNESCO is supporting Ukraine in different uh, 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 for, uh, in different directions, uh, according to the mandate of the organization, it's in culture, in, field, in the field of culture, education, media, communication, and uh, uh, they uh, they provide they provide like a, a different kind of support. Uh, this is uh, preventive support, uh, just capacity building. 
uh, emergency assistance, um, support of uh, resilience of uh, uh, cultural uh, heritage specialists, of uh, artists, uh, of uh, people who represent creative industries in Ukraine, uh, and also um, a perspective in the future, uh, like planning for recovery, uh, planning for uh, because the war showed that our cultural institutions were not uh, quite prepared to this, uh, and uh, um, we, uh, we are in lack of uh, risk preparedness uh, plans. We are in lack of. There was no like uh, direct uh, standard procedures uh, from the government, uh, from the ministry, how to do the evacuation, how to protect, uh, uh, how to do these immediate uh, activities to protect uh, uh, collections in uh, different museums. Uh, we were in lack of uh, uh, such uh, like uh, simple things as packing materials uh, to pack exhibits and uh, to store them and uh, to protect and to be ready to the eventual evacuation. Uh, so um, UNESCO and other international partners uh, mobilized uh, to do uh, to help uh, our cultural institutions to survive and also to um, to build this uh, capacity building uh, to build uh, to form uh, like uh, core groups uh, that could be um, after could do the damage assessment uh, in a proper way uh, to do the. Uh, rescue campaigns, uh, as for example, uh, this summer uh, there was a huge catastrophe uh, on the occupied territory of Kahov Nova Kahovka. Uh, there was an explosion of the dam. Uh, so now UNESCO is supporting uh, the campaigns to do the uh, survey in these areas, uh, which in, in the parts which are not occupied, which are under the control of Ukraine, uh, to do archaeological campaigns. So the, uh, really the needs are really huge, and uh, um, UNESCO also is trying to do uh, is uh, is doing the coordination and uh, uh, trying to support uh, Ukraine and its government, its uh, authorities uh, as national and at national and local levels uh, to uh, <coughs> to do the. Uh, planning uh, for the appropriate planning for the future to to do it through the uh, holistic comprehensive approach uh, to develop rehabilitation plan uh, plans for historic cities and uh, conservation plans and uh, preventive uh, plans to to be ready and uh, to do uh, to be ready for the uh, next steps not only um, provide the help uh, uh, now on site. But on the other hand, uh, uh, UNESCO is doing the monitoring uh, of the damage assessment uh, through, um, in cooperation with UNITAR and UNESAT, uh, and um, uh, it is uh, like combined monitoring, remote monitoring through the satellite images and on-site monitoring. Uh, and according to the uh, uh, UNESCO uh, data, um, they verified that uh, more than 372 
cultural buildings, uh, cultural sites were damaged. But in real, uh, in, in reality, this number, of course, is almost twice uh, bigger. Uh, but uh, UNESCO is doing like in its, uh, um, according to the, uh, its procedures of monitoring. And now uh, we are training people in, in Ukraine uh, to help us with on-site monitoring, on-ground monitoring to uh, to, to have this uh, more precise data of the damaged cultural uh, heritage sites. Uh, so it's very important now to, to be united uh, from different organizations, different uh, international organizations and Ukrainians uh, as uh, authorities at, uh, at government level and also uh, at the level of uh, uh, local communities of uh, non-government organizations to cooperate together uh, to complement the efforts and to, to move forward um, to our best future, to the yeah. victory. Absolutely. Uh, Constantine, how about you? Uh, from my perspective, uh, I would like to uh, say that the need in the rebuilding it, it is one of the most things what we need. We have like two main objects, obstacles, I don't know, in Ukraine. First one is the ongoing war, ongoing strikes. Uh, people are dying every day, social, uh, civil people, soldiers. And the second one, uh, this is really destroyed cities. Yeah, and a lot of cities actually destroyed from like my city, Kharkiv, is like have 8,000 buildings destroyed or damaged in different scales. 50% of the schools and 50% of the kindergartens. And um, like before the war, it was like 2 million people inside. Uh, when the war begins in the March, in the February 24, and, and in the March, in the first two months, it was like only about 350,000 people inside. But you need to understand that currently, despite of the ongoing, almost like, I don't know, every week or it depends from, I don't know, from their <clears throat> something, uh, strikes, we have like 1.3 million people in the city and children's and elder people, young people, different. And... Uh, uh, my personal experience, actually, I stayed for the Har in Kharkiv for the whole period of time. Me and my family were never moved to other parts of Ukraine. Actually, this is my first trip abroad for well, two years almost. Uh, actually, the, my wife is persuade me to go there because it was really too hard, you know, to leave my family back there without any uh, care from my side. And. Um, <clears throat> With the beginning of the war, uh, it was even hard to find, I don't know, any, any food. Yeah, but now it's okay. Now, now stores are open. Everything is working. Everything is good. Everything is fine. But still, it was too difficult to move. And the, the main things for the recovery is that we don't have any time to wait when the war will end. Unfortunately. Because as Andre and my, uh, my colleagues said that uh, we are in need to work as much as we can to bring people back uh, in different ways. Why we need that? 
one of one of it is because of the economic situation yeah to um, make more stable economy not to rely on such many international support in terms of the money and maybe to concentrate more international support to the militaries yes so we are trying to resolve all this issue in you know at once and that's a bit crazy you know that you have to work to do that you have to recover the cities you have to sustainable economic you have to recover the economy you need to care about people and so this is you need to do at once so our government our officials our ngos dobrobat volunteers so all all the people actually which are stayed in ukraine which are go abroad to make really important messages for the international community that ukraine is here Ukrainians um, want to leave, they want to pause their lives, they want to leave, they want to have a victory, and that we are really relying on the support of international community. And uh, so this is like the main things why we are here. We are here to gain best practices, to establish useful contacts, connections and communications, to be useful also for you, maybe from maybe our experience also will be useful for the United States and for our partners. And the second, from my perspective, is to continue to bring the message uh, that Ukrainians are still fighting. They are fighting for their liberty. They are fighting. We are actually fighting for our for the democracy values and fighting with the actually a pure evil, what I can say. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, we're getting close to the end of at least the panel discussion. I know there's going to be a little bit of time for Q&A, so if you haven't already written your questions out on a piece of paper, I believe they've already been going around the room, uh, please do, and um, we'll be able to get those questions for you. Yeah, Ashley, if I dare to comment the same question, if you have a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah? yeah please. Thank you. Uh, because the question is really important. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I would like also to add something to what uh, uh, my colleague said. Uh, I made a note here. Uh, I have two comments uh, just to remember. So uh, the question about the rebuilding, uh, the recovery is uh, for me really obvious. It's, it's not about if. Mm -hmm. For me, it's about when and how. And if when is kind of more obvious for everyone yeah victory should come and after that we can speak properly about the recovery and overbuilt stuff but the question is how is 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 more complicated because uh, uh build back better or how we often say already six days uh, build forward is is, is is the really important question because we need to rethink how and what we should do in order to to first of all bring people back for instance you most likely all of you heard the the name of the city bakhmut mm -hmm. and from the news with the, with the terrible uh, footages unfortunately nothing there is left nothing and and the people who managed to successfully evacuate it from there, they are settling their lives in the other cities, maybe even in the other countries. So the question, if we 
rebuild Bakhmut as it was, will they come back? Mm. I, I also say no. So the, the question is here, adding to what have been already said, we really need to rethink on a bigger scale the topic of how, what, and where. And it comes to the city planning, it comes to the all, all, all the things we're trying to get from you as well. And, and the, second, the second comment I would like to add is referring to what Darina said, because it's really important to, to underline. Maybe it's very obvious for you, but uh, I, I would like to underline it once again. Why do we speak about the cultural heritage? Why do we plan in this trip with Margie discuss this topic as a separate one? Because we clearly understand this is not the war only for territories for the cities or for the population. This is a war about the cultural identity of Ukraine. So preserving cult cultural identity and rethinking and having that in mind when we speak about uh, recovery and rebuilding is a crucial thing. Thank you. No, well said. Um, all right. Uh, first question uh and i will ask it to the group because it sounds like uh it would be open to anyone who feels uh strong enough to answer uh, what is the extent of the of the on the ground support from poland germany france and other european countries so maybe uh vladimir maybe we could start with you since mm -hmm. uh being a member of parliament you might have a little bit more insights of, of what that support looks like from just the other international... I, I will try him, mm -hmm. okay? <laughs> I, I will help him. Який об'єм допомоги ми отримали від Польщі? Не за що об'єм, просто прокоментувати допомогу. Від Польщі, Германії, Франції, тобто, ну, Європейський Союз. Скільки ми отримали, який об'єм? Friendly speaking, I don't have, like, numbers of help. It's very difficult to me to to update uh, all the time the, the help. But uh, of course, uh, uh, Germany uh, really leader uh, of uh, helping Ukraine. Uh, and uh, uh, Poland also helped us. Uh, and uh, we appreciate all, all uh, European countries who support uh, Ukraine in uh, different uh, ways. But of course, it's not enough. It's not enough. We not talk about like uh, things. Uh, we talk about weapons. We need uh, guns. We need uh, uh, tanks. We need plane planes uh, uh, and uh, everything. Other other things we can do by ourselves. We will. Uh, uh, we need uh, instrument to to fight with Russia because uh, every day uh, and uh, yesterday I got. Uh, uh, call from our soldier who stay uh, in the Zaporizhia region and uh, they protect uh, uh, the biggest uh, one of the biggest city Zaporizhia uh, and they said we're ready to attack Russia we're ready to to free uh, our territory but we need weapons or I have a gun uh, but I don't have tanks I don't have artillery I don't know how it's uh, artillery. Artillery, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, without uh, this help, we we can't do it. It will be like uh, 
just we go, they kill us, and that's it. And we don't have like uh, human resources for for such stupid things when we try to 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 fight with tank by guns by by uh, uh, Kalashnikov or or something like this. It's not enough for us. Uh, the main thing it's like uh, give us. Uh, this weapon and uh, America, United States uh, have enough of weapons for for our victory for our soldier, and uh, uh, you just need to 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 give us these things. Mm -hmm. And we did everything by ourselves. We have a brave soldier. We have uh, a lot of volunteers. We understand how it's important for us to live uh, a freedom to live a normal life and uh, uh, all motivation we have. We need only uh, these things. And uh, uh, you, are, you have the most, uh, uh, the most uh, power, powerful country in the world. You are a leader uh, in the world and uh, uh, you have opportunity to, to help us. And uh, friendly speaking, uh, we are all Ukrainian people expect the support, expect, uh, and uh, we don't have enough time to to stay it like like this because we not uh, want uh, frozen, if uh, if I'm right, say frozen territory uh, or frozen conflict uh, uh, with on the territory which was occupied by Russia. We want to free our territory because it's our territory. We born on this territory and uh, uh, our identity, uh, all, all uh, people understand that it's Ukrainian territory and uh, we don't want to, to give uh, or uh, give uh, this territory to Russia. For Russia, is if it, I think it's enough territory. It's the most, the biggest territory in the world, and uh, they need to fix uh, their problem in, inside of Russia because uh, they have a poor, <laughs> the poorest country inside of Russia. A lot of people from Russia don't have money and they live like uh, I don't know uh, uh, more more uh, uh, worse than our people. Then uh, they came to our houses, they were surprised, surprised of uh, uh, how we live. Uh, with, uh, they they stole, stolen a lot of uh, our equipment, uh, wash machines, so they never see wash machines. It was a surprise for us. They stolen this wash machine, uh, our uh, TV, okay. uh, smart TV, it's uh, something like uh, go to space for them. And uh, these people want to teach us how to live, it's 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 uh, impossible, and uh, I, I can understand uh, this uh, way of thinking. And uh, we don't want to see them in our houses. That's why I'm very uh, aspect uh, uh, that you. you uh, I, I know that you have a power. You have a power to influence on your congressman, on your senator, and uh, they hear the majority uh, of. Uh, people who live in San Francisco, in California, in, in other states, and uh, you can uh, press on your politicians and uh, help us to win. Thank you. Uh, Andre, this question is actually just for you. Um, how quickly did Doberbad start responding to uh, destruction? 
Rostislav can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that during the first months after the full-scale invasion, Dabrabat was created and the uh, response on the destruction was uh, also in place. Yeah. yeah. So within the months, everything was in place. We didn't have, uh, let's say, the proper structure, naming or, or other stuff. Nobody, nobody was thinking about that at this moment. Uh, all the resources and all the initiatives were, um, let's say, directing to the, to the fast recovery, to the help the people who are in need. Thank you. Uh, Darina, what is something you have been surprised by or something that has impressed you on the study trip? Um, not really surprised, but uh, impressed and inspired. Uh, I was, uh, uh, I'm inspired by uh, how you managed to implement this uh, community value-based approach uh, to to what you are doing. And uh, I really admired it. We went to the uh, Presidio uh, National Park uh, on the second day of our stay in San Francisco. It was a really uh, good example uh, how a community uh, can be organized, how people uh, can uh, work together and uh, build something, uh, develop something really valuable uh, for all the parts, for all the stakeholders. And uh, uh, also I like very much, uh, and I'm interested to, to learn more about uh, to how uh, in U.S. you are integrating these um, components of natural landscape and cultural heritage, uh, built, uh, built heritage and natural uh, nature, which is very rich here. And you have a lot of uh, uh, national parks and beautiful sites. And it's very interesting. And... Also, I admire uh, in U.S. Um, how uh, uh, everything that uh, you are doing is uh, people-centered. Um, people really matter, um, and uh, everybody, everyone is uh, matters here. And every, um, the first uh, thing that is important it's uh, the needs and uh, the values of peoples and of communities. And this I, I admire and like very much. I've been very impressed by it as well. So you're not the only one. Um, Constantine. Well, no. Vladimir. No, Constantine, once you finish this up, same question. What has impressed you on the study trip? Yeah, definitely. Of course. The most, what it, it is difficult to explain, but the most uh, expressed for me that this, uh, you can walk around the streets without thinking about that something can hit on your head. <laughs> yeah, that the, the most one. But speaking seriously, uh, your openness and approaches to work with the, everybody engaged in the project. Yeah, so... Um, Constructors, contractors, designers, architecture, public administration. So a lot of what we hear that a lot of these people, these stakeholders just sitting, discussing, speaking to each other, to each other, finding the way of solving the problem issues. They are not speaking that this is not my problem. Just figure out how to do that. They are just sitting together. And thinking, 
how we should do this, this, and this to obtain our common success. And uh, that what uh, not not imp- not so impressing. This is actually obviously thing. If you want to do something, you should do it properly. Yeah, with together inside. But sometimes in our country, it became a difficult issue, unfortunately. And uh, in terms of the presidio, this is also something which is uh, difficult to follow because we don't have such experience even in the legislation that you can have a free tax zone or free tax land plot, federal one, and you can just rebuild some buildings and mm, lease them for somebody or giving a rent for somebody. This is... This is understandable economically, understandable why it's uh, need to be done like that, because if there will be something different, I think that there won't be any national park in this area. So this is something really amazing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us. How about we give our panelists a round of applause? Being so open and sharing their stories. Thank you so much. Um, So finally, on behalf of Commonwealth Club World Affairs, we were delighted to be able to partner with CFI Margie to bring this uh, conversation about uh, international solidarity in action uh, to us all today. So thank you very much for being a part of this. Thank you. You've been listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting our work and help us bring 500 programs a year to listeners like you. Go to commonwealthclub.org slash donate. Think your way around the world with our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live at our events. Thank you for listening and for your support.